Hey everyone, and welcome to the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wild, entertainment reporter by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy, and healthy is hot. Join us as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely going to be some laughing, and hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life, to live your healthy is hot life. What's up, everybody? Chloe here. I wanted to update you guys on something that I've been going through. I wasn't going to talk about it publicly, but I talk about everything else publicly, so I figured why not? Um, some of you who follow me on Instagram at the Chloe Wild have probably noticed in the past two years that occasionally I vape during Instagram stories. It's not like I'm showing it off. It just happens to be in the picture. Well, the past couple months, not even past couple months, in the past, what, like month and a half, I feel like we've been seeing so many articles and so many news stories where the headline is about people either dying or getting really sick because of vaping. And as someone who vehemently you know believes in healthy as hot I had to kind of look myself in the mirror and say what the fuck are you doing why are you vaping when you know it's not good for you and also you were never a smoker you guys I was never a cigarette smoker I think cigarettes are disgusting I personally fucking hate the smell if you smoke do you boo like let's be real you should quit but I'm gonna go ahead and say don't quit by going to vape because that shit is addictive. It has been so hard for me to quit. Um, the withdrawal symptoms are real and they suck. Uh, so far, I've been good. I am officially eight days without vaping, which might not seem like a lot, but the uh, the the amount and the frequency at which I was vaping and juuling was next level. I, I, I vaped when I was feeling anxious, when I was feeling happy, when I would be driving on my walk to work, in between shoots, like you name it, that thing was pretty much always attached to my body. And um, I got called out by one of my colleagues who was like, what are you doing? This is not healthy as hot. This is not, this is not you. And at that point, I realized shit what am I doing for someone who tries to live a healthy life balanced albeit you know I love my nachos and my pizza and my tequila now and then but vaping really I just I got myself hooked on something that I did not need to be hooked on so I encourage you and I implore you to read those articles get scared by those articles if you are a vapor and really really think about quitting it's not going to be easy if you were a smoker and you transitioned to vaping it's probably going to be harder still for you to quit but I think we owe it to ourselves to be well educated on the possible consequences of the activities that we do and for me personally I could not read any more headlines or read many any more articles about people dying and getting respiratory issues linked back to vaping so I might fall off a bandwagon but I'm gonna keep you guys posted 
because I know I'm not the only person dealing with this, thinking about it, or hooked on nicotine through vaping. Okay, so that was a bit of an intense PSA, but I just thought I'd be honest with you guys. But let's get to this week's podcast guest, Laura Vandervoort. If you were a fan of Bitten or Supergirl, you definitely know who she is. If you are a Canadian, you definitely know who she is. And if you are a believer in the power of 1111, then you should definitely know who she is. She is a big believer of that. And as someone who is, you know, a star in the Hollywood world, in the acting world, you might be surprised to find out that she is a hardcore introvert. So we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about being believing in ourselves and also the pressures that Hollywood puts on the way we feel in our bodies. So we cover a lot of ground here. And before we even recorded the podcast, there were tears shed she was going through a lot at the time and um, I really appreciate her making the time to still come and do this podcast episode with me. Laura, you're a total beast. You're a total queen. I respect you. I admire you and I can't wait for everyone to hear this week's episode of the Healthiest Hot Podcast with Chloe, the former vapor and Laura, the incredible lady. Off record, we just talked about some really <laughs> intense shit. Yeah, I'm like, I haven't seen you really in forever, and here's all my shit. Just that's what happens, though. I think that's what happens. I, I think know. I have that effect on people. Yeah, you do. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just gonna go reach into your heart and like give it a hug. Oh God, and please do that. Please don't. No, actually, I probably <laughs> need that. <laughs> um, you're here, and I can't help but notice. Like the first thing I, I notice when I see you is your 1111 tattoo yeah. and I thought of you today because I knew we were going to be doing this conversation and what time do I see on my clock in the mm-hmm. midst of like the most wild day ever 1111 and I see 1111 on the daily yeah. like on a good day I'll see it twice but more often than not I definitely see it once and I know you're a huge advocate and believer in the power of 1111 yeah, yeah I am I mean everyone has their own version of what it means to them for me, like you, I was seeing it morning and night, and I would see it for months until I said, like, what the, I don't know if I can swear oh, on Oh, you this. can swear. Okay. I swear <laughs> in the intro. I set the precedent. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? What does this mean? So I asked my, my aunt who's into all of that stuff, and um, basically for me, it means if I'm seeing it, then the universe is telling me I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right thing. Um, even if it doesn't feel like it, it's the way that things are supposed to be. And then I'll stop seeing it for months, and that's usually when my life is in flux. And um, so that's a sign to me to get back on track. Is that why you have it tattooed? That way no so matter I what, you can it. always see it yes, and you're like, okay, I got that's it. That's exactly got it. what it is. I'm like, I'm taking control of this shit. I'm going to have everything's yeah. the way it's supposed to be all the time because it's on me. And other people will also yeah. feel like that's where they're supposed to be when they're with me. I've <laughs> never known what seeing 1111 means, but every time I see it, it freaks me out. Yeah. Like it does make me stop in my tracks a bit. I yeah. used to, I call it wish time. So when I see 1111, it's funny that you say everyone has their own interpretation of it. And I wasn't aware of the numerology component of it. But for me, it's always been, you see 1111, you make a wish. wish yeah, a lot of people do that. Yeah, and then be, like in extension of that, I'd make a wish, but I'd really like look at my life and be like, hey, what like, what do I want to wish for? Like, what is it that I want? Mm-hmm. And then it almost helps me stay on track with whatever I'm trying to manifest at the time, mm-hmm. whether it's personal or career or relationships. But I think it's such a powerful set of numbers. And I've actually long wanted to get a tattoo, but do I can't it. figure out like where or what like do I get the semicolon I don't know but it's it's there I but mean I also did uh, just a sidetrack 1111 is also a power number so they say that when the clock strikes 1111 
I don't know. People don't always believe. No, this, tell me like, everything. A portal of some sort yeah. opens in the universe, and that within that minute, you you can ask for whatever you're needing, and they can clearly hear you. They, whomever it yeah. may be that you believe in, and it's like a it, in that minute, you can have a direct line of access. What does it mean if I see it all the time? It means that you're kind of in touch with who you are and what you're doing and you're on the right track. It's terrifying. That's my, but yeah. I, like, I love it because it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Which so. is the power in it. Yeah. And then you took, I mean, cause you're obviously very passionate about it. It's tattooed on your body. It is forever <laughs> with you. There's a couple you. others that I'm not passionate about <laughs> that are on my body oh, too. I mean, there are tattoos on my body that I'm like, not only are they shit. Like they're such bad quality. Yeah. But I'm like, really? Yeah, really? I've got one that one I, I've got to get rid of. <laughs> that was someone's it might, name. It might, it might go away. Yeah. Note to everyone listening. If you get a tattoo on your finger, it's kind of a temporary tattoo. That's great. Yeah. Especially because this one should be temporary. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, but I like that you took your love of 1111 and you took it global. Yeah. Like the jewelry line you designed is beautiful. I actually need to talk to you about buying them because they're so beautiful. Well, then we need to talk about making more because it was a limited edition. No, yeah. I missed out. It was a limited edition for World Vision Canada because um, I'm one of their ambassadors and and I wanted to collaborate somehow um, so yeah we did it for a year it did well um, but I've you know obviously didn't make anything off of it it mm-hmm. wasn't for myself but I've been thinking about wanting to start up again as yeah. like a, an actual Ooh. profitable thing with Ooh. collaborating with someone yeah so we should talk about that I mean I think I think I'm down and then I think I'm super the tattoo and then I can get <laughs> we can get matching tattoos I'm actually matching day with my friend oh why why World Vision Canada because there's so there's so many organizations out there yeah and I know like for me I'm looking ahead at 2020 I'm like I want to give back I want to be more involved in whether it's locally or globally so I'm looking at different foundations different organizations and there's a ton out there yeah. like what is it about World Vision Canada that spoke to you I think, well, well, for me, I was, I've been sponsoring kids with World Vision since I was like 16. Because mm-hmm. um, I, 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 w- I was a child actor. I hate that term, but I was. <laughs> you were a child <laughs> a actor. A child actor. Hopefully without the issues that came with that. But um, I, I, so I had some money and I was young and I wanted to do something good. And I saw, like, I literally saw one of those commercials. Oh. And I said to my mom, I'm going to, because I was still living at home. Um, I'd like to sponsor two kids. And so I sponsored two and I've been, then those two grew up and then I have two other kids that I sponsor. So it's been like, it's been a long time. So I've just been involved with them honestly that way. And then they approached me about being an ambassador with them. So it was organic. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I went to Kenya with them a couple of years ago with my sister. It was, it's really special. I want to, I'd love to do more. Um, and not just with world vision. Like it, it, you have this need to want to, give give well, especially we live very fortunate lives right yeah. like we have roofs over our head we have jobs we have our water. health we have running water we have electricity yeah we have opportunity yeah i'm with you i feel like no matter who you are you have a platform no matter how big or how small mm-hmm. and i think that with that platform comes responsibility to do something good it can be something small or it can be something big but i think everyone should give back for sure but let me ask you do you always do you ever feel like you're getting overwhelmed with i need to do more i need to and you're like oh, you are already yes. doing a million things I mean, I stalk you on Instagram. I know the podcast. You eat like you're all over. Why do you put the pressure on yourself to do more? Um, I would, I would love to know why I feel the need to do more. I have no idea. I, I do too much. Even yeah. today, I'm like, I don't have a minute to breathe. But I, I can't stop. I don't know how to stop. I think I get very anxious if my life slows down too much. Right. And then I think if I do 
too much career stuff, then I feel quite selfish and I feel the need to give back even more. Right. I understand. But that. I think I forget to sometimes give back to myself, yeah. which is also important. That's the person you should be giving to first because yeah. there, there's a reason they say when a plane is going down, put your own oxygen mask on first to help someone else. The amount of times I have said that analogy really? on this podcast, but I say it to oh. other people, no one ever says it back to oh, me, but well. like I need to hear that too, yeah. you know? Like yeah, you've got so to put yourself to first. Give advice, but yeah. it's so hard to take it from yourself which is yeah maybe i need to get i need to get like a plane tattooed on me or something or an oxygen mask yeah oxy- maybe that's that the would, reminder that'd be interesting <laughs> so weird it's like the cover of an emo <laughs> band circa 2006 <laughs> i want to see that if you go i know i think it's actually really interesting that we're here i'm sitting with you yeah. i feel like i've known you forever i know but we haven't i think i've maybe had sub five conversations with you in real if life that. maybe i mean we dm all the time we dm all the time yeah it's crazy because social media makes you feel like you're in contact with people and you truly know what's going on in their lives and i'm sure you've talked about it on podcasts but social media is bullshit oh my god i, I sometimes wish it would go away yeah i do too and i know so many people will shut theirs down yeah but it's also a necessary evil especially in this business mm-hmm. you have to promote your projects and and, and all of that shit um, I'm swearing a lot. I love it. Let it out. <laughs> this is cathartic. I know, right? Uh, but uh, I always say to people, you know, I was talking to a producer friend of mine the other day because he's got a great show that they're shooting here. And I said, I'd love to grab dinner with you. He said, uh, yeah, we should work together again soon. And he's like, but you're so busy. And I said, honestly, I'm not. He's like, but you don't, it, I don't perceive it that way. I'm like, are you looking at social media? Yes. That's not real life. That's no. me trying to... You know, you just like show a highlight reel. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to see me crying in the fetal position in the shower? Probably not. So I'll just post this picture instead. If ever you posted that, (laughs) I would not only DM you, I would find out where you live (laughs) and I would come with a cup of hot mocha or lemonade charcoal or lemonade charcoal. Yeah, I know. Social media is a very I have such mixed feelings about it. I actually had a meeting yesterday and we were talking about it and I had to be super honest with my manager and I was like, I fucking hate social media right now. You're very I good hate at it. it though. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do any more jobs. I find it sucks the soul out of me when I do social media jobs. And I was like, I've lost touch with enjoying it. Like mm-hmm. I just don't enjoy it. It fucks with my head. My people like it. People don't like it. What if I post something and no one responds to it? I write a nice caption. No one like, like it's this weird expectation you put on yourselves and also on your community. But at the end of the day, you have no idea how many people see it. It shouldn't matter how people respond to it. I think if you put something out, you should put it out because you like it. Right. But I don't know. I got to fix my relationship. I have a very toxic relationship with social media. Well, yeah. And it's also the first thing you look at in the morning mm-hmm. and the last thing at night, whether it's social media or just your phone in general. And that's, I mean, obviously there's studies. It's so unhealthy for us to be doing. So I try to like, I'm a person that w- I, I like reading. Yeah. But I feel like if I'm reading, I need to be reading for a job or something more productive. I, I, I don't allow myself to sit and just be with my own thoughts because that's some crazy, crazy <laughs> shit in there. I don't want to <laughs> listen to it. It's not healthy. So I'm like, okay, at night I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to look at my phone for at least an hour before bed. I'm going to read a book. But, uh, you know, inevitably, oh, I wonder if, and then you're on your phone again. Yeah. And then you go into the <laughs> void of social allow media. Allow yourself to read a book. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm not a script. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like, if I'm reading, I should yeah. be reading that yeah. script that they sent. That's horrible. I don't know how you, I don't know how actors do it. Like the whole memorizing scripts, getting into character, like you have to get into someone else's psyche. 
and the stress of auditioning and then like to me that world and I've been you know working in the entertainment world for a little while now but I interview can we, can we just pause you met Meryl Streep like last <laughs> week can we talk about Yo, that? she's amazing she's like an angel I well I assume she is she's well first of all I don't Meryl mean to Streep, cut you off no, I just like Meryl Streep very rarely does press so we were doing the red carpet for the laundromat, which was a film she had at TIFF. So we knew she was going to walk the red carpet and pose for photos. Right. But we had no idea if she was going to stop, stop to talk to press. And so, of course, we were hoping, crossing our fingers. But, like, as a show, E-Talk, we haven't had her for, what, like, six, seven years? And we cover a lot of films. Mm. So it was kind of, like, I was thrown on it. And I was like, okay, great. Like, we might get Meryl. But I didn't think we were going to get Meryl. Meryl Streep so she shows up she does photos she goes and sees her fans and at that point I'm like okay like it's over that's it she's she's gonna do her thing and see her fans which I think is great and then go in and voila at least we got to see her and then all of a sudden like a unicorn of a woman is like <laughs> walking towards me with her sunglasses on like just waving great posture and all of a sudden she's in front of me she's like hello she just brought herself over. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, she didn't have anyone bring her. She just literally came right here, and it was the most impeccable timing because, the, like, the TIFF audience was chanting her name at that point. So she, like, looked over and started dancing, and the next thing you know, I was like, don't fuck this up. <laughs> don't freeze. Like, don't no, say anything you, dumb. What do you do? Like, how, I mean, no, obviously you have everything. She schooled me on Canadian real estate. Like, the laundromat is, is like a satirical film by Steven Soderbergh about the Panama Papers League. And so you get educated on financial crime and it's entertaining at the same time. And she starts spewing out facts about how Canadian real estate is, you know, 40 percent is not even owned by Canadians and mm. we need to fix this. I was like, <laughs> yes, Meryl, you are correct. We need to be better. And I just like, didn't know what to say. You don't have to say it. Just let her. And talk. then she walked away. That was the last question. So oh I looked at God. the camera and I was like, funny and smart. <laughs> Perfect. I don't know how you do that. I would pee my pants. Yeah, I almost did. Although I interviewed Jason Siegel at TIFF. And, like, I've loved him since, like, Freaks and Geeks and right. I Met Your Mother. Yeah, and yeah. Five-year engagement. And I'm obsessed with him. And not the biggest star by far to be in front of our camera at TIFF. But I was shaking. I was so nervous. it's a personal thing for yeah, you. Like yeah. Like, I fucking love him. Yeah. And, he, and all of a sudden, he was in front of me. And I could, like, you know when your mouth gets dry? Mm-hmm. And you just can't. <laughs> yes. So like, there's no more saliva. And I'm like, why is my mouth a Sahara Desert? And I just had to, like, put on a mask well, it's like a get prof- through it. So is it like that, it, it, how it is for actors and that when you're on camera as, e t- as for E-Talk yeah. or whatever it may be, are you putting on, like, you have to put on a character? I put on, like, my Chloe Wilde. Like, you know how Beyonce has Sasha Fierce? Yeah. Like, when I'm at work and the camera's on, even though in real life I'm the most anxious person in the world, like, I hate going to parties, going to events is, like, a struggle. Mm-hmm. I put a timer on my phone and usually I'm out by, like, 60 minutes. We should be going to these things we together. Should together. <laughs> we should go together. We should go together. We could survive. I, I no, I, I, we still wouldn't survive, but we would have each other. Because <laughs> I'm in and out as soon as possible, and it's I a can't. part of it. Like it's a part of our our jobs to you know show face, yeah. shake hands, kiss babies, be nice, and like I get that. I didn't. I've somewhat embraced it. I don't know that I enjoy it. Right. Um. But when I'm at work, when I'm filming, you could put me anywhere, and like I think I believe I could do it. I think I would believe that I do it because I think as soon as I know I have a job to do, I don't want to disappoint anyone and I want right. to do a good job. But if I'm just going somewhere as me, as Chloe, not with work, all of a sudden 
every insecurity comes to the forefront and I don't know what to do with my hands or where to look or how long to mm-hmm. stay in conversation and should I have a drink? Maybe I shouldn't have a drink. Mm-hmm. And ev- like every weird thought comes into my head. Do you think a lot of that is um, mental preparation because you know you're Chloe Wild that day doing e-talk, but then if someone caught you walking down the street and you are yourself um, and said, can you do this quick interview? There's no mental preparation yeah. for that to be to get into character ultimately, I think which so. is what I do as well. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought about it that way. I think I, when I'm working, I feel like I have a purpose. Right. When I'm out as just me, I, I have no idea what that purpose is. So I don't feel like I don't have a direction or something to like hold on to. It's so weird. I've never really thought about it in detail. I, I just know that they're very different feelings. Yeah. I was going to say, I wish I could give you advice, but that's exactly <laughs> how I am as well. But you well. feel that way too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like if, if someone asked me to present something at TIFF or to give us a speech on stage for world vision even yeah. I can't I have to say no because it's me I c- and Laura can't do that Laura's insecure and like um I, I'm an introvert so I I can't if you give me a character I'm comfortable because you're not seeing me so yeah it's that's so interesting yeah it's so interesting because I like. I feel it but in a different way but then hearing you say it I'm like I know exactly how she feels yeah but I see you doing public speaking all the time I like it, so I but I don't like, I don't love being on stage by myself. Right. I, I would much prefer moderate a conversation, moderate a panel, um, than give a talk myself. Mm-hmm. I get very terrified by myself. I don't like being interviewed, for example. I'm basically interviewing I know. you right now. <laughs> <This is laughs> Sorry. I, I, my favorite type of podcast are just conversations, okay. but it's just, yeah, I don't know. But being on stage, if I have a purpose, again, I have a purpose of like making sure that the person next to me on stage is comfortable. Like I'm interviewing yeah. Sophia Maruso next Tuesday in front of 3,200 people. She's the founder oh. of Nasty Gal and Girl Boss. Oh and uh, like my job, even though I would be terrified to be up there by myself, my job is to make sure that she's comfortable and feels safe and, that gives and you feels purpose. secure. And that gives me purpose. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. We Day, for example, I'm up there 20,000 people. But like my job is to make sure that those kids in the audience, have an amazing time, are learning, are hopefully being inspired, and I set the stage for whoever I'm about to introduce. Right, yeah. But if I had to go up on the We Day stage and tell my story? Yeah, that's a whole different I would like some Ativan, I would like some <laughs> Valium, maybe a tequila shot. Like, I don't know how I would do it. Yeah, I I have to do a tequila shot before I do anything like that. Tequila is my go-to. I don't even dr- really drink. Yeah. But tequila is the go-to just to get out of my own headspace if I have to. I mean... I think it's interesting because I feel like a lot of actors, musicians, really creative types, some some of them who people assume are the most outgoing, extroverted people are actually quite introverted yeah. and are just able to turn it on when necessary. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even call myself introverted extrovert because I know that's what you yeah. consider yourself. I'm um, sure you do listen to this podcast. I do. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, every night. Um, I'm 100% introverted. Unless you give me a character. That's just the way it is. And you've always been like that. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I started acting when I was 12. Yeah. So I, I grew up very quickly because as a 12-year-old on set, I was raised to like be polite, do your job, be prepared, all of that goodness. Um, so at 12, I was working with adults and I wanted to be as prepared and, and knowledgeable as they were. And, and so I kind of grew up quickly. And... Uh, 
I never wanted to make mistakes. Um, so that's, yeah, I, I've never, like, I, I don't want to say I've never loved acting. It's just all I've ever known, and I've grown to like it. Yeah. And I've loved it at times. But this is what I do, and this is what I'm comfortable doing yeah. if I'm given a character. So that's why you don't really ever see me. Like, I presented at the uh, VMAs years ago. Yeah. Just fucking the most terrifying thing I've ever had to do. No pressure. Just live audience. Yeah. Broadcast. Yeah. I don't like people. <laughs> You're an introvert. Yeah. 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 I mean, sometimes you said you've liked what you do. Yeah. But you're continuing to do it. But you're also expanding the roles that you do in this industry. Trying to. We don't always have control yeah. over that. But I think that's that's amazing that you see where you're at and you kind of see where you want to go. Mm -hmm. But being an introvert, does that make being in this business very difficult? Yeah, Because it does. a lot of it is connections, getting casting directors to, you know, like you, film makers to think about you for roles. Yeah. you got to go into auditions, essentially win people over every time. Yep. And even though, of course, I hope it's based on the actual audition when you are in that character, but there's a before and after of that audition where you have to be Laura. Yep. As an introvert who struggles with that, I mean, how do you do it? Because I bet you there's a lot of introverts out there who have to go to meetings, go on first dates, and they kind of have to be able to find that within themselves to still try to show up the best they can. How do I? I don't even know how I do it, to be honest Fake with it you. you it's, it? it's, yeah, and I'm still faking it. And um, the anxiety, you know, just as an example with auditions, yeah. there's anxiety for 48 hours leading up to it, like painful anxiety the morning going in. And somehow you just get through the audition. You do your best job. I mean, I'm not a girl who can go to a party and schmooze. I don't make connections like that. I just, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm I'm here. I want to leave now. The minute I arrive at any event, I'm trying to figure out what time I can leave and what door is the best one to go out. If I don't know anyone there that like I'm actually comfortable talking to. But yeah, I, there's no it's I should start taking like Ativan or something. <laughs> no, you're good. You're making it happen. You're still doing it. You're I'm doing trying. It. I'm trying to have more control over yeah. the business too. Like I'm trying to develop and produce more films. I just executive produced one that we shot here. Uh, in Toronto and Gordon Pinson was the lead um, and I'm developing three films right now like I, that's the stuff that's keeping me sane yeah because you know I know a lot of actresses and we get these auditions and I just I see people working so hard and putting it out in the universe and doing self-tapes and then we hear nothing so I'm like I, you know what I'm gonna oh, create that's content for people yeah to that I can hire as a as a female who's been doing this are you someone who's seeing a shift in the industry like I feel like from an entertainment journalism perspective, we're seeing more female-led stories, mm -hmm. more dynamic female characters. I feel like female voices are finally being told in ways that we actually experience in real life. Yeah. Are you seeing a variety? Uh, it, it, I mean, as an actor, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, I only see the things that I'm going out right. for. I see the things that come out in theaters that you see. So I do agree there's yeah. more of a shift that yeah. way uh, with, with female-led stories. Um, but... In terms of me trying to develop the one that I just we just shot, I had a female director. You know, I had a female writer. Um, I did a movie here a year ago, and it was like an all female crew, DP, camera operator. So I, I guess I'm. I, I, it's weird because I think it's always been there, but now people are being allowed to talk about it. And I mean, I 
for the 22 years that I've been acting, I don't think I really even realized there were no female crew members until seven years ago because it just it was the norm. It's the way it is. Yeah. And uh, and and it and it hurts to think, you know, when I was in my teens, I didn't even think oh, I could be a director. It didn't cross my mind. I wasn't seeing it. Yeah. I had had one female director in 20 years. Um, now I've had four or five, but that's in the last few years. So in that way, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing it more. Changing the narrative. Yeah. Which is important and hopefully a direction we continue to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so while I was doing a bit of a deep dive on you, oh I realized God. we have something in common. Of course we do. <laughs> you were into martial arts. Yeah. I was heavy into Taekwondo. Stop. I loved Taekwondo. It was like, I think it's what kept me on the straight and narrow path in high school. Okay. And I freaking loved it. But I think you kind of went a little bit further with it. But like how, because when I think back to my teenage years, Taekwondo was such an important part of my life. Like, I don't know what I would have done. Maybe I would have gone like the 16 and pregnant route. Maybe right. I would have gone down the drugs route. Like, I don't know where I would have gone without sport and that community and that kind of work ethic driving mm. me. And Were I was wondering for you, like, did you have a similar experience? Um, I, I mean, I was a tomboy, so uh, it. I honestly started. <laughs> I started in martial arts because of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh yeah! I just wanted to be her for whatever reason. Um, she and, was strong. Uh, yeah, you know, she was like the only role model I had on television yeah. at the time. And um, yeah, I started when I was young and got my second degree black belt when I was nineteen, and then instant star took over a show I was on so I had to stop but I don't think I would have gone down a wrong path because yeah. I was too introverted to like go out and party anyways I didn't drink I'd, I'd never been drunk as a teenager I so I, I think um if I hadn't done martial arts I would have ended up on a similar path anyway yeah. because I didn't really venture into the world <laughs> you know I was a homebody loved school like not a lot of friends um, I had two friends. I'm going way off tan no, um, I'm very track. Interested. I had two friends in junior high, and the reason I had two is because they were twins. Oh, so that's where I was at. Two for one special. Two for one special. Gotta love that. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think uh, I, I think it taught me at least um, to be confident in myself. To to you know, I think all all people should have their daughters go into some form of martial arts just because mm -hmm. it makes them feel strong and confident. There's also the, the meditation aspect of it, which I told you earlier, I've never really actually done. Um, but yeah, it's grounding. It's, it's good for, especially doing martial women. arts. You kind of like for me, I would zone out like when I was fighting, hmm. like I was unaware like of angry zone out, like, no, like seeing red. I was unaware of the rest of the world. Like I was so present in what I right, was doing yeah. that I feel like you can find meditation through movement too. That's when true. You're so present with what you're doing that that's all you can really think about that. That might I might have meditated in that way and you, not known maybe it. Maybe you have meditated. Maybe. Just in a very aggressive way. <laughs> in a super aggressive way. Yeah. Rocking a black belt. Yeah. Would you ever do martial arts now? Like, is it still part of your, your health routine? No. <laughs> I mean, I obviously I do other things for, for working out, but um, I do a lot of my own stunts. So yeah. the black belts come in handy since Smallville because yeah. I do all the wire work and the fight scenes on Bitten. Which is pretty badass. Yeah, I mean, it's just I'm I'm proud that I can do that. Yeah. My my sensei was the man that I looked up to and wanted to impress. That wasn't my father because I also wanted to impress him. So I think when I get onto a set and the stunt coordinator, who's usually a male, um, is like, "Well, we're gonna have to hire a stunt girl for her." I'm like, "Nope," and I I want to I still have that want to yeah. you know 
impressed the sensei thing with the stunt coordinator. It's so. a cool party trick. Yeah, yeah, I guess. If ever you go to a party and you find yourself in a situation <laughs> where martial arts is the topic of choice. Well, first of all, I've never had a party. I know, that's what so. I'm saying. <laughs> like in, in a parallel universe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So very heavily into martial arts when you were a teenager. Yeah. Throughout, like once you had to stop at 19, into your 20s and now, how has your journey with health been? Is it something that you have a close relationship with, a positive relationship with? Um, I would, I mean being active has always been part of my life because of the martial arts mm-hmm. and basketball and soccer and whatever my parents had me doing growing up. Um, so I think, well, there's two sides. One, I like working out because mentally it's the only time that my brain stops turning and driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so hot yoga, spinning, boxing, or Pilates. Those are my like go-tos when something when I need to get my aggression out or whatever it is, center myself. Um, But I think the other side of it is I'm an actor and no matter what you do, it's always on your mind, like, I need to look right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. Um, But I think that's... I I work out for me, but there's also, like, a side that I can't deny that I'm doing it for the business. But at least you're able to be honest with yourself about that, you know, yeah. like being aware of it. And then you can kind of be aware of the the balance, like keep it in check. Is it more for me or is it more for the business? Yeah. And I think as long as it teeters more on your side, then you're good. And then hopefully that's like a healthy place for you to be at. I think that that varies. Yeah. Um, month by month, year by year, what you're working out for. And, and I always want it to be for me. But, um, yeah, sometimes you're just angry at the world. And so you're going a little harder in boxing class and that that's not necessarily for you. It could be industry related. You didn't get a part, but everything's sort of part and parcel to working out. So that being said, I, I enjoy working out for myself mentally. Um, but there's also a professional pressure. Yeah, Yeah. of course there is. I think in, in the actor world specifically, I'm always like, i Anytime I interview actors, I'm always, everyone is tiny. Yeah. There's this like immense kind of assumption that most actors are small. And I feel like there's just been so much pressure around that industry for so long oh, yeah. to look a certain way. Yeah. I do think that's starting to change, like different body types, different body shapes. As it should. Yeah. As it should. And like, I, I've never tried to fit into, and I can say, I've never tried to be like, oh, I want to look yeah. like this. I've just thought I want to feel good yeah walking in my daily life of course so basically we need to work out together is what you're saying I don't do Pilates by the way I've never done Pilates I love it the reformer like terrifies me it looks like a weird 50 shades of gray it's great situation you can make it whatever you want it to be I mean I I wouldn't mind a little 50 shades of gray action but Mm. the reformer I mean I've heard that it does wonders. It's just great because it's uh, it allows you to do the resistance that you want. Yeah. You're not in like, you know, I've done F45 and whatever, yeah. um, but that's very like bulky yeah. weight training. And so, yeah, I just like Pilates. It's uh, I think with fitness, you just have to find what, what works, works for you. For you. Yeah. And that's why whenever I meet people and they talk to me about healthiest health, I'm like, fitness is just like anything. Like there's going to be, types of fitness you hate mm-hmm. type of fitness your body doesn't respond to but like don't stop trying to find what works for you yeah just because the first one sucks well most of them suck at the beginning Actually, yeah. and then you fall in love with and then you slowly. fall in love with the suck and then yeah. you become a glutton for punishment yeah 
Yeah. But the thing is, is um, in the in the business that we're both in, people also feel like it's okay to comment on how you look. Um, for instance, we were just talking about comic conventions uh, when this died. Sorry. <laughs> no, battery. <laughs> and you have people that come up to you and say, wow, you don't look like you did on TV. Like they, they'll, they, they think it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Um, because when I did, for instance, Smallville, I was 17 and fuller and young and, you know, I'm mid <coughs> thirties <30s>. and, <laughs> you know, I look different and they yeah. think it's okay to comment and it's not, it's, it's really disheartening and, and, um, but it's weird because in this industry, people feel they have a right to comment on something like that. Right. Because they, th- which is so weird. Why do you think that they have that feeling? Yeah. I don't understand. And it. mostly if they have something to say, it's not nice. Right. Well, they want to have an opinion. Yeah. No matter what it is. But I think people need to remember that they shouldn't just fuck off with those opinions. I like, (laughs) it drives me. I was thinking of something nice to say and I realized like I can't. I was just talking to someone today uh, who also works in TV, one of the girls on the social and someone just like harped on her for what her dress looked like and it made her look a certain way and we were just like what no one asked you no one asked you and like what do you think that comment's gonna do like did it make you feel good writing that right putting negative energy out in the world to someone you don't know like if like if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all but we all know that there's people out there who like to troll who like to say bad things it makes themselves feel better and that's what you need to avoid not only on social media but in real life like yeah, there's been too many people that come up to me and feel like they have a right to um, comment on, and I'm sure it's happened to yeah. you as well, what you're wearing, what you look like, what it's, yeah. Sometimes you just want to like go on vacation mm. and uh, get away, turn off social media. I love a good de- digital detox. I've never done it. Oh, it's it's hard at first, and then it's so liberating, and then you start actually living in the moment. That's terrifying to me. Which is, yeah, it's not, it's not easy. I'm no. not saying it's easy or fun. I think it's easier if you're busy. Yes. Being productive with work things. Yeah. Because you're not sitting there with your own thoughts. And yeah, the phone. But the phone's scary because social comparison comes up. Yeah. I hate when people, because obviously for TV we wear makeup. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of it. And then in real life I try not to wear too much makeup. Like my brows will always be done. <laughs> I need my brows and I need a little under eye concealer. Yeah. Struggle with dark circles. But that's what I find people comment on me. They're like, oh, you look well, you look really different than when you're on TV. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't sit in the makeup chair for 35 minutes, work with my amazing stylist, and mm-hmm. my hair is in a top knot. Like, fuck off. Yeah. Do you look this? If you go to a wedding tomorrow, are you going to look exactly the same? Like, you're th- I, I don't, I, it frustrates me so much. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm like, I am more than what I look like. Yeah. I have thoughts. Yep. I have opinions. Yep. I have a good heart. You do. You know? But people don't care to comment on the good no. things all the time. I'll comment on the good things about you. I'll do the same. Right? For you. We'll just, I want to get a matching tattoo with you. I, my sister and I were actually just talking about getting sister tattoos. Um, I don't know what we're going to get, but I thought, yeah, I should get some, some t- touched up. So Yeah, get a little, get a little ink. You know, make some impressive. I've got seven. Seven? Yeah. That's cr- they're all kind of little kind Yeah, of they're tiny ones. Mine are all symbols too. Easy to cover up. Yeah, and then well, you have to be people. able to. No, this is great. I actually need to go do one more interview today. Somehow. I need to get the energy. But I always like to ask everyone before I let them go, what does healthy as hot mean to you? Mm. Feeling good in your own skin. What does that feel like? I don't know. <laughs> I'm still looking. I really want to know what that feels like. 
feels like. I'll tell you when I find the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I've definitely, I've had glimmers. I've had little glimpses into what that feels like. And then, and then it just goes away. And I'm like, I want that again. I yeah. want that forever. I want to wake up being like, I feel good in my skin today. Oh, yeah. I've never had that. No. Um, that's the goal. But it's also not letting people make you feel bad. Like, if you're happy with something, that's all that matters. And that's healthy as hot. I like it. I like how much energy you put behind that. That would I, that surprised me. I know. <laughs> you're looking around like, did I just say that? <laughs> um, side note, um, you tell me you're an introvert. Yeah. You're going through an emotional week. Yeah. And you still showed up today. And that's not easy. Well, I wanted to be here. I I knew that this was a good therapeutic session for me. Like prior to recording this, we had a little session too. So thank you. Okay. Well, hopefully this is the first. Can we see each other more now? Because I feel like this conversation really expedited our friendship. Yeah. Okay. Except I'm leaving. But yeah. We'll go see another comedy yeah, show I'll in LA. Yeah, I'll see you in LA at a comedy <laughs> show. If you're ever in LA, let me know. I've amazing. got a second bedroom. It's oh, cool. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And just like that, another episode of the Healthiest Hot Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Chloe Wild. A huge thanks to Home, this really cool modern meditation space in Toronto, for hosting us and making us feel right at home today. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe so you never miss out on experience FOMO. Rate and leave us a comment and also follow us on Instagram at healthiesthot. But most of all, remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. We'll see you next week.